Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon And I'm Emma Gray And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about what happens when a man falls in love with a woman and another woman. And another woman. This week, coming off of an absolutely brutal women tell-all, it's Clayton's fantasy suites. And he just can't stop, won't stop telling women he's in love with them. Joining us to take this journey straight to hell is Amy Kaufman, senior entertainment writer at the LA Times and author of Bachelor Nation. Amy, thanks for joining us. Thank you, ladies. It's been so long since I've seen you. I'm so excited to, like, face-to-face. It's been since... My book came out in New York, I think, which was 2018. So that's I'm insane. Very glad to be here. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. I think of 2018 as being last year, but it's actually <laughs> like four years ago. So. We were in like very different emotional states then. That is yeah. extremely <laughs> true. Um, Amy, I think at it, at that point, like you and I were both single, and Claire didn't have a child, so things have yeah. changed. The Bachelor as like, yeah, I know, like thinking about what season we were watching when we met people. I listened to the the uh, podcast with your partners and I liked hearing, you know, how you sort of indoctrinate them into the Bachelor world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a template for all Bachelor viewers to follow. Uh, yeah, I was thinking earlier actually about how long it had been since a Bachelor season that didn't end in just a complete catastrophe. And I think it's been since next season, which is actually 2017. So four years ago, we were already kind of in this era of each Bachelor season ending with some sort of weird chaos. Oh, you're excluding Bachelorette. Yeah, Bachelorette has is its own animal and still has had some messy endings lately. But it's not this uninterrupted downward trajectory like it's been with The Bachelor. So speaking of, this is the episode where things 
really blow up in Clayton's face. Really begin to blow up because we have every indication that they will just, the explosions will just keep coming as we head into next week. They're going to get four more hours of TV out of this, even though it seems pretty over to me right now. So let's start. We open in Los Angeles with Clayton boarding a flight to Iceland. Anxious music is playing. Something is clearly about to go horribly, horribly wrong. And Clayton says, as far as falling in love, I don't know if there's a much better place to do it than Iceland. Perhaps not. I mean, look. Perhaps not. It has volcanoes. I mean, I was, it is like, I've always wanted to go to Iceland. It's beautiful. Like, it really is. I have, I have been to Iceland. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Oh, jealous. Yeah, same. Very jealous. I, this was a great advertisement for Iceland, except for all of the unexpected hail on the dates. But <laughs> I mean, it's just, what's a bad place to fall in love? People fall in love uh, everywhere across the world. No, there's probably a bad place to fall in love. <laughs> but iceland has it all we see the volcanoes we see the icy inlets the quaint red-roofed pointy houses the very you know the beauties of Reykjavik. we're seeing just everything that this landscape has to offer not pictured but also very important facts about iceland they have very strict laws about the first names you can give your child and cirrhosis from there so just a wonderful country wait what are the rules about what names you can give your child oh they have to be like culturally icelandic names or like kind of fit into the icelandic alphabet and like grammatical structure so i did not know if you have a name if you want to give your child a name that hasn't been given to a child in iceland before it has to be like approved what's the punishment if you don't you just can't name your child that (laughs) what if you do anyway oh you can call your child that but that won't be the child's legal name (laughs) It's fascinating culture. Uh, So (laughs) here they are in Reykjavik and in his voiceover, Clayton is saying that he might just be falling in love with all three of these women and perhaps is already in love with Susie. And meanwhile, the three finalists are together in a hotel suite in tense silence. You can hear a clock ticking, although I could imagine them adding this in post just to make it seem more awkward. Production must just be like, man, can't believe we waited all the way to Peter's season to do this thing where we force the final three women to just constantly be in each other's presence while they're going on their sex dates. It's so telling of what they're starting to do that they've kind of given up on the show being about people really falling in love. Because if they're alone, they're just thinking about the lead and how desperately they want to see him and how they just need to be together. And when they're together, it just does nothing but stoke insecurity and drama. And so that's their clear priority by making this decision. The women all seem to really like each other, though. So they're... They, they're really, like, the treading lightly. Yeah, when yeah, they came back from the dates, they were trying to be as respectful as possible. I they're thought. doing their best. They like each other. They are all acknowledging that this is awkward. And they're also all... It's clear that they have to sit there and have these girl chats. <laughs> you can just see like, the like. I'd love to be giving you space right now. But anyway, great to see you. <laughs> so excited for you to finally have alone time with your boyfriend. Who's also uh, my who's also boyfriend. And Jesse knocks on the door in a burgundy shawl collar sweater. 
they brought them to just like a mecca of sweater wearing for this fantasy suite uh, episode. And he explains the concept of a fantasy suite in great detail as if these women don't know it as well as the back of their hand and then offers the first date card to Rachel. Let's see how deep our love can go. I was like, come on, guys. <laughs> the, the That's what she said joke writes itself. There were so, and then the volcano <laughs> falling in love parallels were uh, okay. Like it, it, they hit you. They're they're leaning in so hard this season, or, or just every season increasingly. I feel like to the like really cheesy, obvious. Like it, they're trying to be funny in a way, but it's not to me. I don't. You know what I mean? It's like. Well, it's like they do yeah. something that you would expect to be played cheekily, but it's in fact played extremely earnestly. So exactly. you're just like, what is the tone here? <laughs> <laughs> They're doing camp on purpose. Um, and Gabby and Susie are very bravely like, Rachel, I'm so happy for you. How nice. They both look like they want to cry or vomit. And Rachel leaves to get ready and at this point we see an ITM from Susie that I think is really our first indication of just how this episode is about to go catastrophically wrong and I think we do have a clip of what she says. I'm hoping that he takes like physical intimacy as seriously as I do. Sex is incredibly important in a relationship but it's something that I only do with people that I have some form of commitment with. If I find out that he's falling in love with other women or that he has become physically intimate with another woman, that would be devastating. This week seems impossible and I don't know how to get through this. That music, whoever was doing the score for this episode of The Bachelor was having a lot of fun. They were really doing the most with the music this episode. These were dropped throughout kind of the lead up to her date. And it was just like kind of, we never have seen this from Susie. It's just so confusing. Like, did she have this anxiety about sex before? And did it not occur to her that this was part of the show until literally just now? They just did a poor editing job. Like, yeah. you know, suddenly to be like, this is her main thing and concern. <laughs> yeah. And it's like... No, she's never mentioned this that we've seen. And I mean, I guess if she had mentioned it and they left it out editing wise, that's like it was to add to the effect that uh, Clayton was blindsided by this revelation, right? That she. Like, yeah, that would be the only reason yeah. to like make us share in his sense of being blindsided. Um, so let's get into Rachel's date. She is thrilled to have this first overnight we had a lot of discussion on Michelle's season about which is the best one to have. And I actually do think there is some great value in having the first one because you have the reassurance of how yours goes before you have to sit through the other ones. And she seems like happy to have that because she was feeling very uneasy after getting the last rose following hometowns. She thought he was about to send her home. She was shaken to the core. And she's like, I need to hear that he's feeling the same way I am on this date. I need to finally hear some inkling that my feelings are being returned. I think after watching this episode, I I don't know which is exactly the best, but like the middle one feels like it's definitely the worst. A hundred percent, which 
not not surprising that Gabby got that because she does. I agree. They seem to have the the weakest connection. But with Rachel, I don't know about you guys, but it was always obvious to me in the season preview that she's the one who's the most upset on the stairs after after the teaser where he says, you know, I I love multiple mm-hmm. women and I had sex with multiple women. Like you could just tell it was her in that black dress or jumpsuit crying on the stairs. So when she said that she was so devastated after the hometowns that like she was scared she might go home, I actually bought that because she seems, I've always thought she's, she rides or dies for Clayton. Like she's in this in a way that I don't believe Susie was. And I think that's partly why we have always seen Susie as future bachelorette and Rachel as the winner because the connection between her and Clayton feels so much more intimate and not performed. I mean, I have said that Rachel is like, feels performative, but more in the way that she acts like someone in a movie. But there's a real intimacy and passion to it that I haven't felt as much with Susie. So I was surprised by how some of this went. Yeah. Um, This is revolting, but like their kisses, I see like, I see like a, Ew, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I see, like, a tenderness between them that I don't see <laughs> with other people. I, I agree. Tenderness, yuck. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, here's the thing. If kissing is sort of repellent on TV, you know that it's it, it's probably just for real because they're not thinking right. about it. They're just making yes. out with total abandon and the rest of us uh, pay the price very, for like, that passion. Slow. We pay the price. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he does say on this date that he and Rachel have the strongest physical connection. So that kind of intrigued me that maybe on some level what we're seeing is this chemistry. And in his mind, he's like, well, we have the strongest physical connection, but... But not necessarily emotional. But Rachel, yeah, shows up for this overnight date by the mountains. And she just bounds into Clayton's arms. This is the only successful run and jump of the episode, yeah. which is shocking. But she she really gains that height. She stuck the It's like she's there. flying. Yeah. The wind was working with her <laughs> exactly. as opposed to against her and Susie. Very um symbolic. Yeah, yeah. It caught that definitely... giant white parka she was wearing. And he's very excited to surprise Rachel with another helicopter. And they fly over the stunning landscape and he says, I love mountains. Classic Clayton observation. Mm-hmm. And he land, they land together on the, the snowy mountains. They make out very tenderly for a while. Did you wait? Like, Did you guys think they were making out on the ice at first? And then you were like, oh, they're standing up. <laughs> like, I was like, what's, like, it looked like they were laying down on the it, ice. It I was did. like, oh, God. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I would have just, you know, that would make a lot of sense to me. I wouldn't bat an eye if they were lying down on a glacier making out. That's very them. Um, but Clayton is determined not to give in to their physical chemistry right now. He's like, enough. We have to stop so we can go inside that literal volcano. There is a 400-foot-deep volcano shaft that we are going to ride down in a very rickety-looking sort of open elevator. This is real, like, Jules Verne journey to the center (laughs) of the Earth shit right there. Would you guys do that? No, <laughs> I would have no desire to. But could you, like, would you freak no. out if you had to? I I don't know. I think that the, the only date 
that I would have gotten through on this episode was Gabby's. Yeah, Gabby seemed date. like the and most fun. Even that, I was like, I might have to tap out and just go home. <laughs> I might be like Genevieve on the therapy date and be like, you're great, but like, is it worth it for me to risk falling into a pit of lava for you? <laughs> I don't well, I don't know. I personally loved the observation that Clayton makes as they are descending. <laughs> he says, quote, in the same way, it's scary to drop into a 400-foot hole. Opening up is just hard. It's just so hard. I think that this is actually an unexpectedly, like, or unintentionally very good and telling metaphor. Because what he doesn't do with the 400-foot hole is just jump right in without a parachute. You know, he takes an elevator that lowers him very slowly and deliberately down. And I think that maybe is what he should have done with the opening up instead of going from zero opening up <laughs> to I'm in love with you. With That might have made the, the season women. tolerable at all until this episode, <laughs> like, literally give me something. Yes, and also might have made things turn out a little bit less roughly yeah. for him. Maybe we could have had some emotional goodbyes with like Teddy and Serene <laughs> instead of him being like, thank you so much for your time. It it's was been great a pleasure to meet you. you. I'll um, be passing your You're resume <laughs> along to the next recruiter. You're a very nice and qualified young lady. I wish He's you well. Such a, uh, <laughs> I mean, for as, you know, I want to say like he's just a black hole of charisma, but like in terms... Obviously, on social media, I think we've seen a little bit of his personality pop this season. And he got sassy in this episode. So I'm like, what is, is he just a bad bachelor? Is he not being produced right? Like, why wasn't he able to show other sides of himself? I've, I've said this sort of on the Hometowns episode, and I think this is where I'm landing. I don't think that Clayton is equipped to be the lead yeah. like it's a big responsibility that i think he found really stifling and weighed on him and didn't allow him to like show his personality right and he was more fun during the hometowns because he didn't have to make all the decisions he could just sort of show up be along for the ride be kind of kind and goofy without having to narrate every part and make sure that it all was working um, with the story. And yeah. he's, I key, I've said this the whole season, I think he's like a really nice guy. I bet I'd like him in person. He's just not mm. great at this job. And it is a job to That's be the generous, lead. generous, Emma. Like, generous. <laughs> I agree, though, that he's, I'm sure he's not bad in person, but like, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't go off on like, the entire franchise for making this decision. Like, oh, I, I, and we this have. truly yeah, has turned me off the show almost. I mean, I've already yeah. been going down every season, but it's like, I almost stopped watching. It, it's, well, but th that is what is so infuriating is like, they're like, well, we picked a nice guy. And I'm like, is that where the bar is for white football players on this show? Yes. Like, he's nice. Like, he's not prepared for this. The fact that they were like, we have this bulletproof choice for Bachelor, he's nice. And I'm like, if he were not some white football player, this would not seem to be enough to merit him getting the lead to Bachelor production. And that is very much on them. I don't know. Nevertheless, these women are all passionately in love with him. And 
she, you know, Rachel and Clayton reconnect at the bottom of this volcano shaft and talk about how well hometowns went. And she's like, did you have any reservations after that? And he says, no. And so the day date has gone really well. And she's like, after this at dinner, I just need to get a little bit more back from him about whether he reciprocates my feelings or I'm not going to be able to move forward with fantasy suites. We're getting just like a lot of hints that like the women need more from him in order to move forward with fantasy suites. And it's just amping up the anxiety quotient throughout. Like, Clayton needs to step up or the women are not going to go through with this date as planned. And I suspect that that is exactly what producers have been telling Clayton. And we've said this before. He's pretty pliable. He seems to be pretty pliable to producer intervention. And so I think that this the whole lead up to Susie's date was primed to have this just like complete and utter explosion back at the house everything is under a lot of pressure yeah back at the house we see Susie and gabby chatting commiserating gabby says she wants clayton to like fully explore all of his relationships and then at the end choose her and that would be the thing that would make her feel truly seen and chosen and Susie's kind of like up front and says i don't really feel the same way yeah she's being upfront with gabby with gabby not clayton not with to be clayton. clear not with clayton who perhaps yeah. uh was the person that should have received this this message yeah so rachel's night date is really cool i thought this was the best night date they meet outside at what appears to be a planetarium made out of old like hot water heaters um in is that iceland called partlan yeah, That's it was such so an interesting beautiful. structure. I Googled it. It's called Pertlan, and it's like, now it's like a planetarium and an exhibition space. Um, and so they sit under these, like, vast, under this gl- vast glass dome uh, and eat dinner, like, kind of under the stars. I'm looking at photos of this restaurant, and it really looks delightful. I think we should take a group trip to Reykjavik. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Clayton was right. We're, we're at a place to fall in love, apparently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Iceland for the win. I'm already in love, but I am willing to take the risk that in Iceland I will fall in love with more people. Apparently that's what happens there. And You're Rachel, like, I will come back with three husbands. <laughs> if, if that's what I, you know, if that's the risk that I take, I accept Iceland, it. the land of polyamory. <laughs> that would be a great twist. I mean, you're, it already kind of is, right? Like he was saying, if that would be a great twist, like he, he was like, I'm in love with three people. What do I do? Obvious. Consider non-monogamy. Ethical yes, non-monogamy. Exactly. I've been I, waiting I, yeah. for that on The Bachelor, by the way. Can we please get an end where he's like, what if I date two people and figure it out? In the, I would love that. The entire ethos of this show is like commit to pseudo- heterosexual marriage immediately there is there are no other options ethical non-monogamy literally flies in the face of the entire belief system of this show the show also just isn't set up to have that be an equal decision and i think we've actually had a bachelor in the history say like he wasn't like very early on be like i'm not ready to choose i want to date my finalist yeah it was charlie o'connell yeah but like what that really <laughs> what that really is is just the person in the position of power being like Toggling. I'm going to continue to maintain my position of power here. It's not an egalitarian setting that would set up a polyamorous relationship for success. 
And that's why the women, of course, are all like fixated on being fully chosen at the end because they've been in the, at the at this huge power disadvantage the whole time. Mm-hmm. And, it's just so funny that you're saying like, like we're saying, you know, the show is is everything monogamy is about and like so anti polyamory. It's like actually the show is polyamory until the last week. Yeah, well, but that's, like, it is, it's set up in a way that is just supposed to simulate the courtship process, and that is just how it starts with you dating a bunch of people or considering them, and then it ends with you picking one and never deviating from that, and that's, I just don't, I just don't think it's going to end with Rachel and Gabby being like, yeah, we love each other, too. Let's (laughs) all, like, move in together in Denver and just go spelunkling together and figure (laughs) it out. And so Rachel is already at at the beginning of this night date to to sort of bring Clayton to the table emotionally. She's like, after hometowns, I was so terrified. I thought you were going to send me home. And she says, I was so surprised I could get to the point of thinking you're about to walk me out. And it felt like a heartbreak before it happened. I cried all the way back to the hotel. So she's basically saying, like, for the first time, I questioned that you might reciprocate how I feel. And that was so devastating that I realized that my feelings for you are really, really real. And Clayton knows a cue when he sees one. So he heaves a deep sigh and he's like, it's time for me to be transparent with you. I've been able to come to terms with how I've been feeling and I wish I'd been able to tell you earlier, I'm falling in love with you. I am and I have been. And Rachel Words goes he will from literally game. almost repeat verbatim oh, to Susie. God. He repeats a lot of words that the women, of course, are like, these are words you only say to one person. Like, he says to Rachel, like, I've been scared because I haven't felt these feelings for five or six years since my last relationship, so thank you. Like, if you tell a woman that, she's like, oh, well, it's me he's having those feelings for for the first time, not three of us simultaneously. Oh, he literally, later to Susie, says, like, I like I hadn't felt this 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 sensation in a few years, and so I didn't know, know how to put words to it. Like, he says the same thing. It's like, you can also, it was so transparent. Like, you, you knew before this series of dates, the producer's like, all right, Clayton, it's time to tell the women how you're feeling. So like, I want you to really think about it. And like, here's what you should tell them. And like, he just had a script in his head and he literally repeated it like multiple times. He just, I I don't know, poor thing. I feel like he's not capable of really like on the fly coming up with something poetic. No, it's not his strong suit. I I was really frustrated by this because he is definitely getting the the catharsis of confessing his feelings. He's getting that hit of seeing how happy it makes them and how it allows them to be more committed and vulnerable in their relationship. But he's not, I think, thinking about the fact that telling a woman, I'm falling in love with you, I haven't felt these feelings in four years, how that's obviously going to make it fe- make her feel like she is the chosen one. And it is... The reason that it's allowing her to stay open to him is that he's making her feel like it's over and she's been picked. Right. He's giving all three of the women, or at least Gabby and and Rachel, a false sense of security. And I think that was his biggest error. Yeah. Like, later, Rachel comes back to the women and says, like, I'm sorry in advance or something. 
Yeah, what did, to them? What did you and they're guys like, think what? she meant by that? I genuinely think that she was like, I've been chosen and this is going to be really hard for them. And then she like catches herself and is like, anyway, it's going to be a hard week. Like, why are you sorry in advance? The week I, I has didn't already know what started. She meant. I was like, is she saying, I know how hard this is going to be for each of us? And like, I. That's you know. what that's how I took it. Not that, that seemed she was... like the best part of the week for her, though. So like she's sorry that they have to go through having a fantasy suite date with him. Like, I don't think so. Yeah, it was a weird thing to say. I mean, I kind of like props to her if she was coming in and being like, y'all are toast. Like, that would have been amazing. That's kind of how it felt to me. Interesting. I don't know. I took it more like she was saying sorry in advance of this conversation in which we have to have this like awkward back and forth about what I did in the fantasy suite. Maybe Uh, that's it. We know they do make them talk about these things and it's not fun. Um, Wait, but so I think that in terms of Rachel, like, I actually think that Rachel and Clayton are the most suited to each other. I I agree. They should be together. Like, even though he said, which will certainly come back to bite him later, to Susie in that final confrontation, I feel the most in love with you right now. I think that what we were talking about with the like physical attraction and stuff, I think that's playing into the Susie connection, actually, even though he thinks he's Mm -hmm. most physically attracted to Rachel. Like, I think the um, the demeanor that both Rachel and Clayton have is like really complimentary, like their energies suit each other in a way like I don't ship them or whatever. But like (laughs) if I were a matchmaker, I'd be like you two, you know? Yeah, I think that a lot of the audience has had that same feeling. That's like, they do seem to have this natural energy together. And that's partly why there's been a widespread sense that she is the winner. Um, You know, Rachel feels really good after this confession. He whips out the fantasy suite card and she's like, definitely in her ITM. She says, I don't think it's a question in either of our minds that we're going to be physically very intimate. The fantasy suite will change everything. Clayton is describing Rachel as the complete package. She has it all. They they tour the fantasy suite together. They feed each other dessert. They're they're going for some very heavy-handed implications of sex is about to happen, y'all. And yeah. meanwhile, of course, there are some more foreboding words from Susie. We have a clip. If Clayton is feeling that, like, intuition that I'm feeling in this relationship, that, like, I see myself at the end of this with him, I think sex would be, like, a really big boundary to cross. (laughs) And I am still really confident in who he is. I'm not making any assumptions at this point. But if Clayton thinks that it's me at the end of this, and then proceeds to sleep with another woman, like, anyways, I would have a really hard time moving forward with him. Uh, Yeah, so Rachel and Clayton are, like, falling into bed together, giggling and, like, pawing at each other. Like, fantasy suite material. And... The morning after is just as sensual and romantic as you would imagine it would be. They're tenderly caressing each other's lips with their lips in bed. Oh, God. Claire's, like, writing a romance novel over here. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. She's, His lips she's stroked the next hers Chris Harrison. With gentle touches. <laughs> <laughs> and her heels are like on the couch, discarded in a torrent of passion. And in his ITM, he's like, I know how I feel now. I do love Rachel. Just had to test it out. Yeah, take that love for a test drive. Mm -hmm. They make eggs. They kiss on the counter. (laughs) Rachel says, intimacy is really important. So yeah, it was a good night. And then we have a clip of, honestly, one of the (laughs) most Clayton, the, the most Clayton emblematic moments in the whole the whole series, I think we have a clip of his departure. Hey, I love you. <laughs> I love you too, Rachel. All the time. I'm gonna miss you. All the time? Yeah. Like, why? I love you too, Rachel. He Yo, is Rachel, on I love the sidelines, just He's- cheering for his MVP. And then he again he take he this man has no originality in his body. Same thing to Gabby. He loves a walkout yeah. declaration. Like we get he it. He also bro. loves yeah. a pump up speech, as yes. we know. Yeah. And he can bring that energy to literally any emotional situation. It's that is a talent in and of itself. Yeah, I really thought that by the time we got to declaring love, that he might have access to more like <laughs> soft a uh, softer side <laughs> and it's really just like yo i love you so much <laughs> fist pump from the from 40 yards away <laughs> i mean i honestly will take that's kind of enjoy it's like some entertainment at least yeah know. no i agree really, i'm here for it <laughs> it's unusual like, we at least get some real real consistency from our boy clayton and i just want to say they're both giving very classically masculine feminine energy during this departure because rachel is like posing she's posing sort of whimsically like a disney princess like like little winsome like prancing forward with like her foot kicked back in the air you know very very cartoon princess and clayton is like fit chest pounding and being like i love you and i've never seen anything like it even on this very gender conscious franchise and that's saying something and with that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to deal with some date aftermath and, of course, Gabby's one on one. Can you keep up? I like love it. If you want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> Turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite Lux home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort, as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. And their products make the perfect gifts, too. I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired the robe, and it is like the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives. 
For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code LTSI15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash love to see it. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for 3 weeks and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. And Susie is, of course, still flipping out, telling Gabby she didn't sleep great and she just keeps running things through their head. But she promises she's not going to try to read into how Rachel is. Um Okay, we all know that's a lie. (laughs) But Rachel returns and is just, of course, absolutely glowing, telling them about the volcano while Gabby and Susie look like they're going to vomit. Gabby looks like she's been awake for five days. (laughs) Like, Susie is talking a lot about how much she's struggling, but Gabby just looks like she's fading away before us. (laughs) So uh, they talk a little bit about Rachel's date and... And it's time for Gabby to get ready for her date. 
We missed the D- Gabby's date card arrival, but it looks like she is going to be the next person, which of course means Susie is last. And meanwhile, Clayton is sobering up a little bit and facing some hard truths. For example, he had a perfect night with Rachel and he's in love with her, but maybe he's in love with all three of them. And that seems like a rocky situation. Anyway, moving on, time to tell Gabby that he's in love with her too. Like at this moment, he's like, uh, so then what? And my feeling was Clayton, sweet buddy, probably should have asked yourself that question before fantasy suite started follow that thought a little bit further (laughs) it's it's really like he's like i he worried a lot about what would happen and but he couldn't figure out a solution so finally he was just like fuck it yeah and i was like no figure out a solution (laughs) instead clayton and gabby get ready for their date gabby is adorably bundled up and ready to meet clayton in a windy stretch of wilderness she says which i loved I was hoping for an Icelandic cruise with whale watching and strawberries and champagne, but that's probably not it. <laughs> Which, yeah, all of these dates correct. are kind of rough for Fantasy Week. Like, this is this is a week when you would often get, like, a cruise date with champagne, and you're, like, on a catamaran right. in the Bahamas or something. I thought Susie and, was going to get that because it was a spa, and then we were like, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, that w- that looked even worse somehow than than this date, which is dune buggying on the beaches of Iceland. They are too cold to do a run and jump. They just sort of huddle together for warmth, and then they get in those dune bu- that dune buggy. And Gabby's like, "I trust Clayton with my heart, but not so much with this dune buggy. He has a need for speed." <laughs> I was like, "Gabby, don't trust him with your heart either. <laughs> trust him with nothing." <laughs> This man doesn't know what he's doing. And they have a great time. She's like, this date allows me to envision a a future together where we're always, like, playing and having childlike adventures. And I want him to know I'm ready to be with him at the end of this. And then I guess the weather took a turn. They reference it later. But suddenly they're at a table in some sort of cafeteria. And Clayton, in a vibrant orangey yellow turtleneck sweater is talking with Gabby about hometowns week and he's like I loved meeting your family I felt like I fit in your grandpa is so great and she says that it was wonderful but afterwards she was very emotional because she realized how serious things were getting and she's much more scared than she ever expected she would be at this point and Clayton says it's natural to be fearful I'm also afraid as the emotions get stronger, but it will also be very rewarding at the end. Hmm. Just not for you. Just not for you. Yeah. He's like, hopefully it will be very rewarding at the end. Because you'll be on Bachelor in Paradise and (laughs) you won't be the Bachelorette. Thank you. (laughs) Although unfortunately it seems like this process is not going to, at least in the immediate future, be rewarding for anyone. Clayton included. That's true. And so she she does say, like, I do want you to explore all your options that I know at the end that that's why you chose me. Um, and I want you to know that I'm really ready to be with you after this. And Clayton uh, thanks her for being the one between the two of them to open up. Um, he's like, that's why we're here. I appreciate it. He's really just like, yeah, one of us had to to take a risk and put themselves out there so thank you for that and now we can be in love and 
He's like, yeah, I'm not going to fight the feelings for Gabby anymore. Didn't you think that, like, when he tells her, he told her he was falling in love, that he didn't, I mean, he, I think obviously he's going to catch heat for saying these things to the three women, but with Gabby particularly, like, the other two girls were asking, where are you at? And needed that reassurance. And Gabby wasn't even asking for it. Like, she was just sitting there having a good time. And then he's like, by the way, I'm falling in love with you. Like, you dug that own, your own grave there, dude. Like It really it was- smacked to me of producers priming him and being like, you have to do this. You have to tell them how yeah. you're feeling. If you're not 1,000% sure exactly who you're picking at the end of this, like, don't sell yourself short. Explore all of these connections fully. And I think, unfortunately, he's he's not tactical. And to be fair, Gabby doesn't say that to him that we see, but we do see her say it to the cameras. Yeah. I really want to hear him say back that he's falling in love. I really need that from him. And production knows what Gabby is saying. Right. So they can go to Clayton and be like, Gabby really cares about you, but she needs more from you tonight. And but they're she, not wrong. They're saying Gabby that about all three. It. It's like... Of course. He, he needs to, th- this man. But here's he the thing. This happens advisor. every, this happens every season and they always have to say something. Like Clayton has been so closed off. He's been giving them so little. You have to say something. You don't have to say, I'm falling in love with you. You don't have to say, I'm in love with you. You just have to find a way to express your specific feelings for that person. And I think I was saying this to you last night, Claire, when when we were kind of pre-chatting about the episode, that like the the problem for Clayton is that he's not that comfortable talking about his feelings. So he has very little practice or he's fundamentally uncomfortable saying anything between basically nothing and I'm in love with you. It's like he has not quite figured out the many nuanced ways in which you you can reassure someone that they matter, that they are of value to you, that you feel strongly for them without sort of making them feel like they are 100% your final person. We actually haven't talked yet about the night part of the date, which is where he does say, um, I'm falling in love with you to Gabby. They sit down at dinner and just, talk about how well the day date went and she says how much it means to her that she could open up with him because she's had relationships where men just wanted her to be the fun Gabby and she can be all of herself with Clayton and this is how Clayton starts edging into saying I'm falling in love with you he's like you've been through so much and like you're so wonderful I can't believe I'm fortunate enough to receive your love and you've allowed me to get there as well because I was so afraid and because of that I've realized that I'm falling in love with you. And I've had these feelings for a while and I was afraid to admit it. And Gabby laughs and says, thank you, and dives in for the kiss. And then they just kind of get right to it. They superimpose Gabby reading out the date card onto her with Clayton just kind of touring their fantasy suite. So there's no suspense, so others she'll say yes. They're staying in a sort of yurt a glamping yurt with a hot tub outside this, this is, is the one i would yeah, want this is the one i would want to say like this yeah looked genuinely really cool and beautiful the only thing that would have made it better is if it was one of those bubble yurts 
that was completely clear on the top so you could see the stars. Right. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that cool. versus the very modern, like, Hilton suite. I was like, no, you're not. Right. Like, you could be literally anywhere in one of those. I love how later she tries to sort of downplay it to the women by being like, it was really small, but, you know, it was nice. There were blankets on the bed. And I was like, Gabby, you're being so sweet. But, like, this was the best one. <laughs> um, and we fade to black on them reclining on a fur-draped bed together. Gabby says, we're just connecting on a whole new level. Cut to an overhead shot of a spiral staircase, (laughs) which Susie is descending in emotional crisis. The Bachelor composer really outdoing themselves here. I think we actually have a clip of this music. I'm just spiraling emotionally, thinking through the worst-case scenario. This is like a live-action Disney movie or something. It's like a a Disney villain origin story type of music. (laughs) Producers must have been so happy that they got both a shot of her like walking on a spiral staircase and then in an ITM saying, I'm spiraling, like... She's spiraling while she's spiraling. She's spiraling in multiple senses. She's crying. She's sitting by a fire, weeping. She's like, I can't grasp the concept of what Clayton, like, might be doing with Gabby. Sex is connected with someone for me. I hope he's on the same page. This this really, for it to come out of nowhere, to be at this fever pitch of emotions within, like, two days is wild. She was, when I say weeping, I mean, like, not sobbing. I mean, just, like, a tear trickling. So this is when I started to get worried. And I want to be really clear. I think, like, everyone is entitled to whatever feelings or meanings they, they would like to put on sex for them themselves. That is, like, completely everyone's personal decision and right. But I started to get nervous when I heard her talk about sex in this way and say she hopes Clayton is on the same page as her when it's very clear she never expressed any of these expectations or desires to him. And she, it was, it felt to me at this point, like she was really setting him up to be a disappointment and had sort of, and that she had sort of already made a a decision. Yes. Yes, exactly. It was, it was a test that he was primed to fail, and I started mm-hmm. to yeah. feel bad for him. It felt to me like Susie had maybe written a little story of this in her head, the way that, like, it can feel really nice to imagine how an ideal relationship might play out, where you're like, well, I'll meet the right man, and he'll mm-hmm. never do the thing that I don't want him to do, and I won't have to say it. He'll just know, and, like, I'll maybe, if, he, if I go on The Bachelor and he falls in love with me— he wouldn't be the kind of man if he loved me to like have sex with anyone else in right. the fantasy suites. Right, exactly. And then she's actually arrived at the moment and suddenly she's in crisis because she's like, oh, I actually, now I am emotionally invested and I actually don't know that he is going to take the action that the imaginary bachelor in my head took. And she's like, didn't anticipate that this crisis was going to come. Or something, like, it's just, it's really come out of left field for us. Although we did predict it based on the trailer. (laughs) It's, like, very relationship 
101 though, where she's sort of, it's like, you know, if you're in ther- couples therapy or something and they're like, you can't expect, you know, you have to vo- vocalize your feelings because you can't expect your partner to just read your mind. And she's like, but if he really knew me, he would know and he would inherently have enough foresight and respect to know that what I would want, had I said it, was that I, of course, wouldn't want him to sleep with anyone yeah. else. And if he did, then it would, of course, be a deal breaker for me. It's like, that's right. not how things yeah, I would love right. if, like, my boyfriend knew exactly what to say to me all day and every present I love and, you know, but you you have to tell them what your, like, love languages are. You have to um, convey the things that are important to you because no one's a mind reader and you're just setting yourself up for disaster. And I don't know if that's, like, a reflection of her immaturity or um, just lack of relationship experience, like, wishful thinking. I'm not sure. I completely agree, and I want to get into that conversation more deeply when we get to her date. Uh, but first, let's finish up with with Gabby. We see Gabby and Clayton waking up the next morning in each other's arms. She says the night felt like the comfortability of home, not the first time with someone new. And she's just feeling really optimistic. This is when Clayton brings in a breakfast on a tray with a bottle of champagne. And he says, falling in love is easy with you. And as they say goodbye, she returns the sentiment. She's like, it's easy to fall in love with you. And he walks down to where the the SUV is waiting. And as he arrives there at the car, he turns around to say one more thing. I think we have a clip. Hey, Gabby, one more thing. I just want you to know that I am falling in love and it feels so good. <laughs> so good. Uh, I'm deceased every time I listen to these <laughs> clips. And I am I can see the knee-length coat too, which is like so essential <laughs> <to this image. laughs> This was so un like bizarre that I was like, is this an inside joke? Like, was she like <laughs> ribbing him about how he brings this energy to all these interactions? Because it felt like he was really just like, oh hey, one more thing, wink wink. And she was like laughing hysterically. And I was like, right. I can't tell if this is a joke or not. <laughs> now that I'm seeing it. It's just so it's so Clayton. Gabby returns to the women and They really try to rally to be nice to her and ask her about the date. Then Susie teases her for having bad head. And Gabby's like, oh, oops, like, is it, is it bad? And Susie's like, no, no, it's fine. So awkward. So awkward. She's, Susie is, is really not doing well. She feels in the dark. No one is sharing the specifics of what happened with Clayton. She's ready to know if they can move forward. She leaves the room with the women and then just kind of leans against a wall and looks pained. And there's like a close up yeah. of a three quarter shot of her face. Yeah. I feel like they, they were following the her with the camera and they were like, can you just keep that look? Lean- yes. Look, more pensive, more sad. <laughs> Okay, got it. Go get ready now. It's like a telenovela shot. Like, the drama just of the framing. I feel like I've never seen that on this show before. They're getting ambitious. Clayton is also struggling. (laughs) He's had another perfect date. Now everything is just crashing back in. He's like, I told two women I love them. Fuck. Like... I definitely probably am in love with Susie, too. So, like, I'm definitely... Definitely probably. (laughs) Definitely probably. (laughs) Um, 
he he didn't want to fall in love with multiple people. He didn't have to tell them, but like he's not thinking about that right now. He's like, I wish I didn't fall in love with multiple people. I don't want to hurt anybody. It's going to happen. Very stressful, but it's time to have his date with Susie. And he describes her as the first person he had feelings of love for. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to get into the Susie of this episode. Can you keep up? I like love it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time, and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house my house, my apartment, <laughs> you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season yes. again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really, like, elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it, so comfortable, so chic, also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And we're back, and we arrive on an image of Susie patting her face with a makeup sponge, carefully placing her curls, adjusting her various gold chains, just like really putting on her armor 
to prepare for emotional warfare. I've never seen a woman with better hair. It is immaculate and then gets Perfect. just absolutely annihilated in that wind. It's like, I know, girl, I would your hair is so, so nice and yet... annoyed if I was her. And she clearly is. She's like, I spent all this time doing my perfect hair and now I'm in a goddamn hail slash windstorm. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of did my hair uh, the other day and then we went for a walk to go to the playground with our child and it was windy. And I was like, seriously? I did all this work for my hair. And I wasn't on national TV. So I can only imagine how Susie felt. And yet she still, they went inside the spa and she had the hat on. Like, it didn't even look that bad. I was like, how is that possible? I would be like, And then when it gets wet, she actually has like a a much tighter wave in her hair naturally. You can see from when it gets wet. And I thought that was very cute as well. I just need, I need a hair tutorial or like hair multi-week workshop from several of the women who are on this show. I just feel hopeless I'm not, compared I'm not to worried. them. I think helpless. Susie is uh, destined to provide us that. Uh, yeah, I think she will too. <laughs> so th- she meets him in these gale force winds by the water and she's laughing like, there's nothing I can do. I can't make this cute. And Clayton is like, do the jump. <laughs> He's like, you can do it, Susie. <laughs> reach deep inside and she's like no i'm not doing the jump only one of the three of them manages to do the the run and jump i have to say like from from that jump point like i was like i instantly got a vibe shift feeling from her i was like oh she's not only annoyed at the date like i was like she's not into him like i felt she's over it yeah i felt like she like did not give enough at fr- you know with the like she wasn't trying to go into the, when they go into the spa and they start going in these hot and cold dip things, like she wasn't trying to expose herself in the cold things longer to like seem game. She was just like, no, fuck this. This sucks. Like I got the sense from everything that she had said before. She had sort of worked herself up to the point where she was priming herself to just have the conversation and, and exit. I think whether or not she was conscious of that, she had sort of gotten herself to that point before yeah. the date even started. Because she keeps trying to talk her off that ledge. She keeps yeah. being like, I'm going to go in with with no assumptions. Like, I don't know that anything happened. But it's clear that that is her trying to talk herself out from, like, this bone-deep conviction that Rachel and Gabby couldn't have been so happy if things hadn't transpired that she would not be okay with. By the way, like, I feel like there's a possibility that Rachel told her that they slept together or one of the girls did because she seemed very certain inside that it happened. It's definitely possible. She, she did say, you know, that no one's telling me any details and I can understand how it could have happened either way. But I could just see them being like, being like, you know, give me a, like, I just got like a wink wink. She had a certainty to it. She definitely at least caught a vibe, um, a strong vibe. And, it is a tough date. I mean, it's a spa, but it is, like, not a fun spa, in my opinion, as someone who hates cold water. They are experiencing Iceland's famous geothermal waters, which some of them are hot, but also they are doing cold springs. They're alternating heat and cold. And so she is having to do a cold plunge. It's already cold outside. She's in a bikini doing an icy cold plunge. This looked like She's torture. In the cold mist. I was just thinking, like, I have been to the the Blue Lagoon, you know, like the main touristy uh, geothermal 
spa in in near Reykjavik. And like my experience was just pure delight and wonder sipping a glass of champagne in the very warm waters. So I felt bad. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would yeah, do. Yeah, I felt very bad for Susie. I was like, this is not yeah. this is not what you're promised, what you think you're yeah. being promised. Uh she is like trying definitely to conceal that she is in an emotional spiral. We have seen people come into like fantasy suite day dates before and just be like noticeably off to the point that the lead has to talk about it. And she's like, no, I'm having fun. We're making out or rubbing each other with the salt scrub. Oops, I see a little salt on your butt. You know, she's like trying to to get into it. And afterwards they sit and reconnect and Clayton is like, oh, it feels so good to be with you and, like, back in the know. Like, it's been a week. Like, I don't know how you feel. And she's like, yeah, what do you, like, you could be, like, gone. Like, I don't have no idea what's going on with you. Like, you have other women here. But they kind of reassure each other of their connection. And he says in his ITM, the love for her is on another level. And expectations for that night are through the roof. He's ready for his Icarus-like fall into the sea. He's flown (laughs) far too close to the sun, and he doesn't even know it. It's time for their night date. Clayton is wearing a half-zip taupe sweater under sort of a mushroom-colored blazer. They really tried to dress him in his formal wear uniform for this uh, emotional downfall. Susie looked stunning. I was oh, like, girl, yeah. the, oh, that green, that emerald on the you, metallic, so pretty. Me, just a Ugh. metallic, glittering, emerald mini dress. That deep yeah. G. I was like, deep girl, is She fixed I, her hair. I love really brings a dress out kind of that, the reddish notes in her hair. Yes. I love a dress that has long sleeves, but then really shows off that nice the cleave. Cleave, yeah. Very sexy. <laughs> the decolletage. Decolletage. <laughs> Very, very sexy. She's yeah. really coming to light the room on yeah. fire. She looks great. And Clayton is lighting the candles for their intimate dinner with a Bic lighter by himself. And he's like, this is the biggest night of the entire journey. This is the point where I was like, oh, is he planning to pick Susie and not Rachel? Who I had just felt so confident Same. in his connection with Rachel. Clearly, we were wrong. Because it seems that way. Wasn't Susie first impression Rose? No, Teddy was first impression. Oh, Teddy Rose. was. And she then was she first just flamed out. But I feel like she usually first the first date is not the Doesn't one win. who ends up winning. And also, like, I didn't actually get a very strong sense of their connection from that first date. I've never gotten a strong sense that they have a specific chemistry or bond any more than they're just like, she's really pretty and any guy would be happy to, like, be near her is more the level I saw their relationship. Yeah, I guess the the most that I picked up on that is perhaps during hometowns. Like, he did seem very comfortable with her family. Her family mm-hmm. seemed to indicate that she was unusually happy. And, like, so I guess I kind of saw it gel then. But I really thought that Rachel was going to be his final one. Yeah. Actually, much like Rachel, the thing that really shook me first on that was – that it did seem like he was really shaken by hearing how hurt she would be if he dumped her. And I was like, why does it matter if you're going to pick her? And he did seem really 
afraid of that. So I was like, huh. But here we are. He's at the grand climax of his love tour of the women with Susie. She, meanwhile, is prepared for a big conversation because she says, I don't know where he is with everyone else, and I know what I'm not willing to compromise on. So they sit, and he brings up the moment in Croatia when she told him on the clock tower that she was falling in love. And again, like he did with Rachel, he's like, I hadn't felt that in so long. I almost forgot what it felt like. It was one of the happiest moments I've had in a long time. And he says he walked away from it being like, I don't, what is this feeling I'm having? And what the is more this we tingling together, inside of me? I cannot put my finger on it. <laughs> He's like, I, I've realized that that night I was also falling in love with you. You make me feel a way I haven't felt in so long. It's exciting when I finally allowed myself to open up and acknowledge them. And then he says, it's no longer about me falling in love with you. I am in love with you. And this is certainly the most intense declaration of love that we've seen from yeah. him. He didn't wait for her to prompt it. He went in ready to do this. And that was another indication that, like, this was his attempt to reassure her and and set her up to be the final one. And she looks genuinely... She looks, like, startled and she's, like, smiling, like, sort of with excitement, but also is like, wait, what? Like... She's like, oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, she says, oh, my gosh. Um, and she says, I adore you. So she doesn't say, not like, love. I love you, too. But there are things in knowing there's an engagement in a week that I can't compromise. And I have to tell you my expectations for something that already happened. Yeah, I want to call this out. <laughs> because expectations, it's implied that it's a thing that you expect in the future, presumably, not like retroactively. These were my expectations already. I just simply didn't share them with you. And unfortunately for Clayton, that is the order in which they are happening now. Yeah. She says, I know you just told me you feel like you're in love with me. Also, like a phrase that seems designed to like cast a little doubt on whether he does love her. But I don't know, do you feel that way about someone else? Or have you slept with another woman? Those are things that I feel like it will be impossible to move forward to an engagement. If I'm sharing our love with someone else, I don't think I would be comfortable. It is just like one of those moments where you're just like, uh, what you're saying, like, I relate to that. I would also be very yeah. uncomfortable. But it is how the show works. And so it's very hard to understand how you ended up in this position. I think that's what's hard about seeing this all play out is that it's sort of it's showing the vast gap between how a relationship or a courtship process would likely play out in real life versus on the show. And it kind of exposes how almost ill-conceived this process is to produce what they are which what they are claiming to want to produce, which is a healthy long-term relationship. Yeah. We, there's a lot of back and forth to go through. We haven't even gotten to Clayton's initial response to this bombshell. And I think we actually have a clip of, of what he says. I mean, I, I understand, like, that thought process. Um, and it is, like, for, for me, I think the big thing that I'm shocked at is, like, you did say to, like, explore like the relationships and 
I, I thought like when we talked, it was about, you know, like saying like, I want you to explore mm -hmm. and, and, and I, you know, I don't want to be the default at the end of it. Like I want you yeah. to pick me for me. And so I want to, To answer your question, yes, like I have slept with someone else here, mm -hmm. and yes, I've expressed feelings towards someone else of falling in love. Oof! Props to him for being honest, though. Honest, I didn't know yeah. if he was going to own it, and he did. And I was like, all right, I give, I give you that. I agree. I was compelled by this response. He's starting off by being like, I, I understand where you're coming from. I'm taken aback because it felt like we had had a conversation in which you told me to explore relationships. And for me, that includes sex. And I think he's understandably confused about what he can even say. And I am very glad that he didn't attempt to talk around it because the answers are clear. She asked him a direct question and like, he did those things. Yeah, I think he's also clearly trying to be very careful. There are a lot of moments when he pauses mid-answer mm -hmm. and his eyes kind of like search the air. Like he's like, what is the right way to answer this that maybe preserves some privacy, but that also directly answers her question. That's the other weird piece of it is that in having this conversation, it does inherently demand him to divulge private details of his relationships with the two other women on national TV. And that part of it is also like kind of uncomfy. Mm, that, I didn't think about that. That's a really good point, Emma. Like he is really between a rock and a hard place there. Like he has to betray somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm honestly so, this was a hard, hard episode to watch for me because I'm really sympathetic to both positions mm -hmm. here. I understand Susie feeling like it's hard, it would be hard for her to get over him having slept with these other women a week before getting engaged to her, if that's what were to happen. And I'm sure Clayton, I would be sympathetic to him being like, well, this is the process. I have sexual agency. And like, you knew that this was part of the process. And now I'm being like, held accountable for failing a test that I didn't know I was taking. And that is is rough. You know, I, I really sympathize with his position here. And they end up just kind of going back and forth on these things. Like, Susie says, you know, if you feel like you're in love with me, it just doesn't make sense for you to sleep with someone else. And he's like, well, I'm in love with multiple people and that's not what I wanted to happen. But like, I I am. And so I had to like explore that in every way. And she's like, well, if you thought maybe it was me, you should have protected me. And they're just talking about like two whole different ways of approaching this. And we have seen leads approach it both of those ways. Like we've right. definitely seen a lead be like, I'm going to protect the relationship that I think is the one and not sleep with the other women and keep a lot of things just for the finalist we've also seen people like have a lot of sex <laughs> and like those that's built into the structure of the show too it's just they're both approaching it completely differently i just think it all comes down to you can't expect someone to meet like you're saying emma like you can't expect someone to meet expectations you have not vocalized that's yeah not i think fair. It, it's I a think tough it thing i was 
I was reading a, a draft of a friend's relationship book last night and there was like a section where he was talking about the difference between boundaries and expectations and that really resonated when I was thinking about this exchange in his like her boundaries are fair right you you can have whatever boundaries you want and need within a relationship like maybe sometimes those boundaries are worth interrogating the origin of but like the boundaries are fair expectations are something that by their very nature you need to articulate if you want a potential partner to actually be able to meet them. And I think that's what was so hard about watching this exchange. Yeah. Clayton tells her that she's the person he's most in love with and he felt like this relationship could have been it. And she says, well, that makes me feel even worse because I didn't know how strongly you felt. And I really didn't want to give you an ultimatum because I didn't want you to cut yourself short. Contradictory. She goes on, it's heartbreaking to hear because I do feel so strongly about you and you're this incredible person. You've reassured my ability to know there's good men out there, but this is something very big to me. Yeah, I I, I feel like there are a fair number of contradictions in this statement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's like, I didn't want to give you an ultimatum because I wanted you to explore everything. But also she really didn't want him to explore everything and that's why she's upset now is because he did and she says like you've reassured me to know that there are good men out there but also you failed this huge test and now I can't be with you right basically you've done this one thing which tells me that you are a type of man who does not live up to the type of man I need and that's rough that, I feel like that would be very hard. Hard to receive, I think. Especially yeah. if, like Clayton, you know, this is clearly the person that he maybe would have prioritized his behavior around had he known, which he ultimately says to her. You know, he says, if if I had known how important this was to you, I, I would have changed what I did. I might have ch- changed how I approached this. Right. Yeah. He says, I'm sorry. I ask for your forgiveness, but I think this is worth fighting for. I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, the, what is I just like, in a, I'm in such a tangle. This is really stressing me out. The problem is it's that so, Susie, Susie went into this already making the decision. She, she got herself to a point where she was like, this does not feel like a choice to me. If he did one of these things, I have to leave. And so. Which means the way she worked herself up, she knew. I'm telling you guys. Like you, wait, wait, sorry. You feel like she She knew knew that that he he slept with someone else or she wouldn't have had such certainty in this. Like it it, it didn't seem like there was any room for negotiation. And I think Clayton began to sense that. Yeah, I think that this is when the mood really starts to turn is that she, she keeps saying, you know, well, I hear what you're saying, but I know I believe what you're saying, but I think that I would need someone who would have thought through how this would impact me, and I just don't think I can move forward. And he starts to sense that, like, this isn't actually a challenge for them to work through. This is her, like, very slowly dumping him. (laughs) And he his last kind of plea is like, can we just take the time in the fantasy suite to keep talk th- talking this through and see if it's worth it? 
what we have is special. I think it's worth taking that time. And she says, I agree, we do have something so special. I'm so confused. It's so confusing for me to be in this situation. I couldn't have imagined a scenario where you become physically intimate with another person and it's me at the end. And I was just like, that says, like, I just don't understand how that's possible. Like, this is how The Bachelor works. To not be able to even imagine that suggests to me that she was not prepared for what was coming. I And I think, honestly, it's fair to be upset that you weren't chosen. I think that's actually the biggest critique that I have of Clayton is that he should allow just one person at the end of this to feel really chosen. And the way that he told mm-hmm. all of them he was in love with them kind of precluded that. Susie yes. is fixating on the sex thing. And I think, but I actually think it's a more valid complaint in a way to be like, you made me feel chosen. And then it, I very quickly found out that it was sort of a lie. And the the thing about what's going on here, I think it's interesting to contrast with something like the Luke P and Hannah Brown situation is that I do think that that this show is at this, like, interesting meeting place right now of, like, evangelical values and feminist values. And women are sort of starting to play with what that means for how they handle their sexuality on the show and what it means to be sexually empowered, but also what it means to, in a way that Susie is sort of doing here, like, sort of do a public display of their purity, sort of like we saw with Maddie Pruitt as well, and playing into that aspect of the show's history as, as like, the tradition of the right. pure debutante. We're at, this, we're at this inflection point where it's, like, Hannah Brown is able to be sexually empowered by sleeping with multiple men because she also has that and Jesus still loves me to kind of protect her mm-hmm. and bolster her with a particular subset of the audience. And... With, with Susie, I think you do have a fair number of women who come into this being like, I need to stick to my values, which is sort of how, how Maddie seemed to feel as well. And the problem, and that is fine. The problem that comes up is when those values aren't shared with someone that you are saying you could see being your partner. Yeah, I was really at times, I was like pulled back and forth between like, is Susie's reaction because this was a little bit disingenuous because she wanted to have a moment to make a stand for like, I'm just choosing myself and like standing by what I want to need and coming off really well um, by doing that? Or was she feeling just really frozen by days of anxiety and a decision that felt made in advance? And so she is just presenting as very locked up in a way um, that makes her seem quite unemotional. Like, I don't know what's going on inside Susie, so I don't know. there. But, like, it was confusing to watch at many points for me. I wasn't quite sure what she was feeling or what her... But, like, it's like, again, if she just, like, got here and she was like, I can't get engaged to him after knowing he had sex with these other two women, it's like, I really, truly can't fault her for that. She can walk away at any point and... That's allowed. Um, and yeah, at, a, at a certain point, Clayton is starting to get a little bit more frustrated. He's like, no one told me I had to sleep with anybody, um, but I just, I slept with this 
okay, I slept with both of them, and it was because <laughs> I was having I, I kind of love that. feelings of love. So I know. Did I. It was one of those moments, too, where he was like, how do I phrase this? And then he was just like, fuck it. I slept with both of them. Yeah, he's like, we're already here. We're already here. Like, uh. Yeah, for sure. Which, by the way, again, and she doesn't seem to care that it's one or two. She seems unfazed by that, right? Yeah, I can understand why that might be, though. Like, if you're just like, one is plenty. Like, how, you know? <laughs> and I don't know. She, at this point, is like, worse, but... I'm just very confused. Um, you know, I, I, I don't see a scenario where we leave together after this. And Clayton is now really getting hurt and upset. He's like, this is a week out. You're shattering me. You're just telling me now and you're like, I can't forgive you. I can't move on. How can you do that after everything we went through? How can you just say I can't move forward? And at this point, Susie is so flustered that she just gets up and walks out. She says, I can't. She talks to producers and she says she gets what she's saying. She believes him. She doesn't know what to do. And she says she's weeping and she says, like, maybe it's not fair of me to ask, but at the same time, I'm not willing to accept it. And so it's like she both recognizes that she didn't give him what he maybe deserved, which was a clear understanding of her expectations, but also she emotionally doesn't see how she can move forward. And that's just like a pretty crappy place to be in for for all involved. Yeah, Clayton is storming out, trailed by a producer. He's like, this is exactly what I was afraid of. I don't believe in anything anymore. Uh, Jesse comes out to give him Jesse some helpful is guidance. Jesse so unhelpful. He's just like, sorry, man. Yeah. He's like, I, I know this was your greatest fear. Anyway, yeah. that's tough. Go away. Bye. <laughs> like, sorry, uh, dude. Uh. Uh, Susie rejoins him, and they continue the conversation. But basically, nothing has changed. Susie is just like, I probably should have you know, after hearing you out, I probably should have told you how I felt about sex earlier, but I don't feel like I can leave here with you. So I, d- I don't know what to do. And Clayton's like, what do you mean? You've made your mind up. Like, you don't feel like you can leave here with me. And, so it's and over. He's, he's right. He's right. <laughs> I think this is why we start to see actually Clayton starting to get quite heated because he's like, why are we still talking if you're actually not receptive? Right. To if you're, you're not even open to taking the off-camera time to have a real uninhibited conversation. If you've made your mind up, like, what are we doing? Right. That's what I I understood that. He called her on, like, you know, if you were really in this and you're saying you maybe were falling, you told me you were falling in love with me and yet you're bouncing and won't talk about this at all, like, even if we're going to break up, like, I don't, I question that. And I, I respected that he actually, like, had some um, force behind him. Yeah. Although as the, you know, as she continued to stay and not bend his will, I think he got, he he was too upset and, and hurt. And so he started acting out and was like rude to her. Yeah. I think we have a clip of sort of the point where this starts to turn. In my eyes, like you just invalidated everything that we had. And it's just like, to me, like, if you cared so much about me, if you really actually thought I was the person and I instilled, like, this belief in you that there's good men out there and I reinstilled that and, like, your family said they've never seen you happier, like, if it was really true, like, I would think you would work through something like this. I believe everything that you have said to me tonight, like, and, and it's actually, like, made me 
rethink, like, did I go about this the wrong way? Like, was I expecting too much? Or like, you know, it's made me think those things, but then at the same time, I'm like, but you had sex with two women. If, if you had this big old reservation, this huge deal breaker, why would you not bring this up until like right now? Like you're not, like... Oh, I'm like, yes, yes. Oh, guys, this, I'm sorry. I know it makes you uncomfortable, Claire, but like, this episode, this is why I love The Batch. Like, give me that drama. It's so good. Uh, that real, real human suffering. Yes! <laughs> I want it to be, like, Authentic funny suffering. on some level. I'm like, this isn't funny. Uh, Susie then is like, I'm definitely going home now. I can tell you're committed to that. I get, like, it's fine. I fucked up. And Clayton is like, wait, what? Like, you decided you have yeah. to leave. Like, don't put that, that on me. was very unfair. Like, and I don't know if she did it intentionally, but she sort of does try to flip it and play the role of both the initiator of a breakup and the person on the receiving end of a breakup in order to kind of like de-escalate his frustration. And I understand the instinct to do that, but like this was a decision that she made. He was open to trying to work through it, whether or not that was successful. She basically opened it up from moment one of the conversation and said, I can't get past this thing if you did it. Yeah. And and has, like, kept saying that. She was like, no matter right. what you say, as much as I hear the validity of what you're saying, I still can't get past it. And he does start to get a little punitive towards the end. You know, he's like, I don't even know who I'm looking at. Um, you know, I don't agree with how you went about this. It's BS. I'm done. And then he apologizes <laughs> for raising his voice. <laughs> um but it, like, continues to be equally emotionally cold. I got the sense that Clayton is aware that because he's, like, a huge dude, it's scary if he gets, like, physically angry, like, if his voice is loud or something. But he, uh, it's funny for him to apologize for getting mad and then to be like, anyway, I don't even know who you are anymore. And, like, this was a waste of time. He like, goes <laughs> icily cold. And I think that that yeah. is understandably, like, a very startling uh, emotional shift to be on the receiving end of. And I do, I did feel like, he reached this peak where he was feeling very vulnerable and then just shut down and sort of lashed out. Yeah. Once he was like, this isn't going anywhere. He was like, okay, self-protective mode. And I think for a lot of men, self-protective mode tends to include channeling that frustration outwards. Yeah. It does get, it gets a, a bit angry. She, they walk to the car together and Susie is now more in the supplicating role. She's like, I'm so sorry for the pain I've caused, but all this has been real. I feel awful for how this went down. And Clayton just says, because of my faith, I believe everything happens for a reason and I just had to go through this. And eventually I'll find someone who will stick with me, understand me for who I am and fight for me as much as I fight for them. I thought you were that person. You're not that person. This is how it's supposed to end. I'm done. And in the limo, Susie says, I thought he would have more compassion for me in the end, to be honest. I thought we would have been better at getting through that conversation kindly. Mm. <sighs> Do you guys think that there is any way forward for him with the other women at this point? Especially I even don't, if they I end up don't and they really watch. think so. I don't, I don't think so. really think so. I don't think so. My, my I, guess at this point is that like Clayton ends this season single. Is there any yeah. chance that Susie comes back? Maybe. I think there's a chance she'll come back for a conversation, but I highly yeah. doubt that she would come back for another chance, especially after how that conversation did end. And I can understand why 
there was some satisfaction for me, honest. I was like, he was put in a really shitty position and yeah, like call her out a little bit and be like, this wasn't fair. But also, I mean, I do think back to the Hannah Brown and Luke P situation and like Luke P was such an aggressive, controlling dick. And Susie is trying really hard to be understanding and, understanding and yeah. kind as she can be while dropping this huge bomb on him that she didn't warn him about. And so it does, it is very jarring that he introduces such an overtly angry and cold note into it. And so I really did feel for her by the end. And I I really don't see her being like, I'm going to put myself back into that dynamic. I feel, I feel like he needs to just go and like try to date Kira or something if he wants to <laughs> yeah, date someone from this season. Like, <laughs> I wonder if Kira is still on board after how this all goes down. I wonder but if she's as in the loop it, as Teddy. I don't think that people are going to like, I don't, I, I personally don't think Susie has a shot at being Bachelorette anymore. I I very much suspect, like, I used to think it was Susie for Bachelorette, and now I'm thinking maybe probably one of the other two who are going to be completely blindsided right. and I devastated. hadn't really considered that it could be Rachel, but now I could see it being Rachel or Gabby. Yeah, and I... I don't know. I would, I would based on what... I, I mean, I... If I were them, I would mostly be upset. I mean, they both know, they both seemed pretty comfortable with him having sex in the fantasy suites from what they said. When they find out that he said, Rachel was like, didn't talk about it as much, but she seemed pretty comfortable with the idea of them having sex in the fantasy suites and didn't really bring up the question of like him having sex with other people as an issue. It seems like she understands that's part of it, but she's going to hear that he said he was in love with other women and, and that, that he, he was the most in love with Susan. Right. I, I think that that's is going to make it impossible for Gabby and Rachel to move forward with him. Yeah. Like, I think he is, yeah. he is sort of backed himself into a corner where he has essentially chosen Susie, but not enough for her to feel chosen. Right. Like, that's why we've seen this before with, um, you know, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, got like with Des and Brooks where or Rachel and Peter where it seemed so much like they liked that person and then after the season ended they had to do all of this like no they just edited it this way and it, I really had stronger feelings for Brian or I really had stronger feelings for uh who's the guy Chris, Chris. um and because we didn't see them ever saying something so definitive as like I have the biggest feelings of love for you or I would pick you in the way that Clayton did. And like, I don't know how you come back from that. I just don't. Yeah, I don't think there's any coming back from that. And I think that they're already going to feel so betrayed before they even watch this back. Just from hearing from him, like, I'm in love with all of you. They're both going to, in that moment, be like, oh, this thing that I thought was him saying he was picking me was actually not that. And I took off my emotional, like, guardrails for something where he was, like, leading me on. He was misleading me. Like, the way we were saying Susie led Clayton on in a certain way. I think Clayton was leading all of them on in, in a very reckless way by by speaking that way to all of them. And that's where it's really yeah. going to come back to bite him. I, ag- I agree. That's true. In a way, maybe it's, like, some karmic taste of his own medicine. Yeah. <laughs> Un- unfortunately, as with this show, like, a poor choice always tends to elicit more torture and and blowback than perhaps fits fits the crime so i'm i'm worried for all of them 
Yeah, I hope that both Susie and Clayton and the women are all well. And I'm I'm afraid, but also eager to see what happens in the episode. With Clayton's dad. With Clayton's dad. I kind of like, I love a dad who's just like, son, you're an absolute idiot. (laughs) (laughs) But but now I kind of feel bad for him. Now that I've seen this go down, I'm like, oh, man, like. He needs someone to just be like, we support you and you're going to be okay. It's hard. It's hard. You know, as a parent, you're like, it's important not to coddle your kids and be like, you're never accountable for anything bad you did. But I also think that it can be a sort of toxic model of fatherhood to be like, I'm always so hard on my son. I treat him like crap and I never have his back. You know, that can also create oh, some But as just some, a viewer, uh, viewing experience, it's a rarity to see a parent not like... You know, totally. Yeah, I mean, back love. everything their kids doing. My favorite moment of Love Is Blind was Shake's mother just absolutely decimating him. So, yeah, we yeah. we love a parent who who holds their child accountable. But I think it might be a little bit like kicking kicking Clado while while he's down. Yeah, oh, God, that nickname. Yeah, let's. <laughs> so we do get a little teaser from next week. The women weeping you know your actions speak louder than words i can't believe one thing you say not one thing rachel's like he's in love with all of us so how can it be special at all see these women did not sign up for a polyamory show like they're not here for it they want to feel picked and i can't fault them because so do i and jesse's about to knock on clayton's door with news that will change everything for what him. is it so what could it possibly be it's going to be Something like your parents are here it's not going to be anything interesting if it is um, anything it's about it's, Susie it's about Susie. yes Susie's yeah. here to have a closure talk I, oh god yeah so i think that brings us to the end what a what a i mean amy you had a wonderful time i had a stressful time <laughs> But I think so those two experiences can coexist. Just sad and I think he's. I think single. so. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully, learning a lot of lessons about how many women to tell that he's in love with at, <laughs> at one time during the course of one calendar week. And you I know? suspect the final three will go and thrive in the outside dating world and or dominate paradise and the Bachelorette. <laughs> Yeah, I'm wishing for healing for everyone, much like Teddy on Women Tell All. I'm like, I just hope everyone's okay. And Amy, thank you so much for joining us to it's, talk through uh, this been a thorny episode. Despite, despite the roughness of the, of the content. You guys were very generous to both sides. Thank you for reeling <laughs> me in. If it was just that, it would have been much harsher. But um, you ladies are respectful queens, and so... I am here for you. Uh, we, we love you, Amy. <laughs> Come back anytime. And now it's time for love to see it, hate to see it. First, love to see it. Uh, Iceland. Gorgeous. It's beautiful. I want to yeah. go back. Let's go, Claire. It's just honestly... Yeah. Not a bad flight from New York. (laughs) Another thing we loved to see was the friendship between the final three women. They really did try their best and I think successfully were very respectful of each other. And the odd balance of like tension and respect honestly made for just as interesting TV as overt drama and 
gave us some like moments of respite from all of the conflict. Also love to see personally Gabby on a fantasy suite date. She's such a goofball. Often the weirdos exit much earlier it's on true. a season and we just get some really earnest fantasy suite dates. I loved it. I mean, I am still really putting in my vote for Gabby for Bachelorette. And now it's time for hate to see it. First, we truly hate to see Clayton screwing himself and all the women by deciding it was time to open up and tell all of them that he was in love with them or falling in love with them or whatever variation of that. He said it was a move that definitely made each of them feel anointed and chosen and like really, really didn't set him up for success in this process. Also hate to see Susie with her really clear, intense anxieties about Clayton having sex in the fantasy suites being placed last in the lineup. What a coincidence. Production not subtle about engineering these explosions. They definitely wanted to have Clayton's I fucked in a windmill moment. Hope they're happy. (laughs) We also hate to see Susie not clearly expressing to Clayton her boundaries and expectations around sex ahead of time and thus setting him up to kind of be framed as the type of man that isn't perhaps worthy of her love. And this is a really thorny one because we acknowledge that just to flip the genders would not be a perfect comparison. Like there has historically been far more punishment for women who have sex with multiple people than for men. But I think this still just made us feel a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, I think you're right that obviously there is a lot of history here and you know, women who have sex are seen as less womanly and less worthy historically, and and men having more sex is is seen as making them more manly and more worthy. Um, And so that all plays into, into this. But at the same time, we do feel that Clayton does have the right to consensual sexual experiences without, you know, being... Morally being portrayed as low quality, uh, yeah, as as lacking moral fiber, simply for having consensual sex um, that he had no real, you know, reason to believe was violating anyone's boundaries because of the context he was in, and so that to me felt unfair. And the historical context, obviously, is is very different um, from what we've seen women experience in the past in terms of having their sexuality controlled. And and Susie was was very understanding, um, I think, of the difficult situation that she put Clayton in. But it was still a very difficult situation, and we wanted to acknowledge that as well. Also, ended up hating to see Clayton switch from pleading with Susie to stay, even though she expressed she wanted to leave to being very cold and angry with her and invalidating their whole relationship based on this and sending her home with a really harsh goodbye. Um, I understand his feelings, but I do think she was trying to maintain 
a much kinder tone uh, throughout, and he he took it there. Yeah, it was it was rough to watch. I mean, the main thing that we hate to see is emotional pain and turmoil for both Clayton and Susie. Like, the latter half of this episode was just a real bummer all around. It left us in knots, and we just hope that they are both okay. And now it's time for tailgate energy out of 10 Bud Lights. You might think this episode would be a zero, but I'm actually giving it a three because of those parting I love yous with Rachel and Gabby. Very those were so intense, I might just vibes. like bump it up to a 3.5 because Just damn. so out of place. <laughs> <laughs> he knows how to holler. And that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our guest, Amy Kaufman. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Habib and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please rate five stars and leave a review. And of course, help us spread the word about our show, especially to your friends who used to listen to us as Here to Make Friends. If you want to get in touch, you can always email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. You can also find us on Twitter at love to see it Pod and Instagram at claireandemmapod. And you can find our newsletter on Substack at claireandemma.substack.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at emmaladyrose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back next week with Clayton's absolutely, ostensibly shattering finale. Stitcher. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, They'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.